listeners, it's Wednesday, and that means that you're listening to Spoiler Alert. Today, we're taking a short jaunt across the Einstein-Rosen Bridge of Equality to talk about Pride. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's Pride Month, and we here at Spoiler Alert are ready to talk about our favorite Pride films and watchables. I'm joined via Zoom teleconference by Sean and Sonia. Hey, team. Hi. Hey, Jer. What's going on? How are you guys doing? I appreciate that you managed to get through that whole intro without saying the words queer, LGBT, gay. Sean, he's erasing us. Erasure. This erasure. Erasure. Is is it? uh, I don't know. I'm trying to stay on theme here, you guys. Anyway. (laughs) I love uh, you. I'm just giving you a hard time. (laughs) And I need that hard time. Because I I need to develop and grow. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we stand um, that chair. We stand. We stand an ally looking to grow. Yeah, we appreciate okay, that you're we wearing a like leather harness and little hat while you're yes, the show, though. Daddy. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice to do. I do. I do what I can. Uh, you know. Uh, okay, Sean, you really threw <laughs> you me off. Threw him. You got him. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> Happy Pride, everyone. There we him. go. Happy Pride. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned, we're talking about Pride movies today, of which the theme you will learn is that, uh, quite frankly, there's not enough. And uh, I am getting quite bored by the whole... It w- I would just like to see a movie where we think a guy and a girl are going to get together the whole time, and then at the end, the dude just like turns to his best friend, and they were together the whole time, and they just never made note of it. Mm. That's that's the ending I'm looking for. But, Honestly, uh, that's, the, that's the plot of, um, like... What's that cartoon where the kid can like see ghosts, can see monsters? Sixth oh. Sense. No. Oh damn, I can't remember. Anyway, it's a cartoon about, about like we- yeah, a like, kid that what? can like. I forget. It's like a animated. He, a kid can see like ghosts and him and his friends and like zombies and stuff. Paranorman. That's what it is. Oh. And part of one member of his Scooby Gang, his like sister is like really into the whole. The whole movie. And then at the very end, she's like about to smooch him. And he's like, oh, I have this like boyfriend I've had this whole time. And it was huh. it was kind of cute. Oh, you know. really? Okay. Cartoons are well, out here. Paranorman did it. There Paranorman. <laughs> and also a very fun name. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really fun to say. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that, Sean. Yeah. All right, you guys. Let's get let's get this. Let's get this uh, pride train back on its rails. Let's here. get this float uh, rolling. Dang, that toot was better. Toot. I should have said that. God, okay. I'm uh, coming. <laughs> Ow. God, okay. Sonia, is it just, just, is it just you, or is, 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 is Sean on fire today? Is that what's happening? I mean, it's, it's Pride Month, baby. Maybe, maybe, maybe. My stars have aligned. <laughs> exactly. Um, you guys, what does Pride mean to you? That's my first question. Mm. Wow. Was this was this? It's like a sixth grade essay question <laughs> yeah. that I yeah. don't know how to get into. I'm not well, gonna lie, fine. this feels like Jer giving me a Pride Month gift, which is him setting me up for a, an angry political monologue. <laughs> then, uh, I, I mean, I I certainly won't be disappointed if that's what comes down. But uh, I mean, well, that- uh, I I I have no problem. Uh, I'm trying to think of a sports analogy to set you up, and I don't know what it is. I know, but, all I can uh, think of is T-ball. <laughs> I was going to say, is this an alley-oop? Can we call it that? But I sure. Like, like, I like Lucy, the Lucy holding the football yeah. Yeah. for Charlie. But he's so, not going to yank it away from me this time. Yeah. Sonia, let me be the T to your ball. <laughs> Great. Here I go. <laughs> uh, to me, pride uh, means and will always mean the movement where we get in the streets and celebrate um, various forms of gender and sexuality related identities um, and speak out against the continued systemic injustices that lead folks in our community to not have equal opportunity to things like employment, healthcare services, honestly just access to safety and the ability to exist as we are and love who we love uh, without being told that that's incorrect and experiencing violence as a result of that, not to mention all of the countless pieces of actual legislation that have been introduced this year alone um, against specifically trans people mostly. There are countless ways in which people still 
are not free in the way that they should be in our community. And so while Pride is a beautiful and fun celebration of diversity and of our community and our cultures, um, it also is inherently and will always be political and is an opportunity for us to be visible and tell our stories. Here, here. Oh, Sean, you tell can right I get now. a whoop whoop? Oh, a whoop whoop. <laughs> a whoop whoop? <laughs> I, I uh, wholeheartedly give a whoop whoop. There we go. Sean, what about you? What does well, pride mean to you? you cannot expect me to follow the eloquence <laughs> and elegance, Sonia. So I will say that she, honestly, she you, you teed her up and she really nailed it. Agree. There we go. And there, there goes Sean beating us again in, in sports analogies as well. Yeah. Just so you calmly. know me, I'm a sports guy. <laughs> He's the sports guy. Local sports now man, on Sean. Sean. Yeah. From, <laughs> the lady from host Sean, and the sports guy. <laughs> we got the lady host and the sports guy. <laughs> with Jeremy, I guess. Maybe. I guess that's the show. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, I want to talk about Pride and Film. And I may have mixed up my questions and asked you the wrong thing I wanted to ask you a minute ago. But that's cool. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, what is uh, what are good examples of pride in film? Do you think? Do you have any? I couldn't find any. I could find um, a couple, well, the yeah. So the thing about queer people is that we were secret, hiding in <laughs> hiding in secret for so long, and there's a lot of things that we loved and obsessed with and spoke to us, but it was not specifically queer films like it was wizard of oz or it was like mm. all about eve whereas like these are iconically queer movies not a stitch of queer representation in them but they are just like inherently coded as queer and everyone sort of kind of understands them in that way so yeah i guess that's those are two examples of like that pop to my mind right off the bat but you know mm-hmm. you look in you look around there's like a ton that uh, that people have embraced, like a lot of like camp films, a lot just like any actress going off basically is like uh, is something that the queer community can rabble rabble behind. I think going going off, going off, <laughs> darling. Oh, <laughs> I got it. I got there, you guys. Got there. It's cool. I got there. Uh, Sanch, any any thoughts about Jeremy's cra- crazy ramblings? <laughs> I love your crazy ramblings. Yeah, um, it's tough it. because it's like, you know, how do you narrow down so explicitly um, a whole, I don't know. Wow, that was <laughs> that was a thought that went nowhere. It really was That's going okay. somewhere when but it started. But it's true. It's a huge community. It's a huge amount of yeah. interest. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it is one of those things where like, it's important to talk about and to carve out space for specific communities and to, to like be specific, but there also is some like discomfort, I think, in being like squashed down into a niche segment. Um, so yeah, but I mean, there are lots, like one that comes to mind for me is the Mm -hmm. iconic documentary Paris is burning. Um, even Mm -hmm. though that's not a, you know, fictional film, um, I think it's one that is kind of like instrumental to uh, to understanding the community and to understanding queer history. Um, it, it's from 1991 and focuses on um, house culture, ball culture in New York, um, which is complicated to explain kind of all in one go, but essentially um, was this underground cultural movement where uh, queer folks, particularly um, black and Afro-Latina queer folks, um, and so specifically trans women as well, got together to have these balls, um, which are these, we've talked about it on the show before, but are these like mm-hmm. major performances. And it's kind of very wrapped up in um, kind of uh, found family or like chosen family. And uh, it's basically a way that like queer people, as they have always done, created community um in re- in response to a society that rejects them and basically uh, i think that's one of the most beautiful and powerful things about the queer community is that we've always like done for ourselves what mainstream society refuses to do so that's the- i think a really good one and would recommend yeah Ooh. and those black and trans and women of color like basically lead the culture like anything 
it's uh it's literally Meryl Streep's like speech from Devil Wears Prada, where it's like it starts from there and then it filters down to this and it's to this until it you fish it out from whatever bargain barrel basement like you got the sweater from. Uh you get the reference. It's not it's not tidy. But um I like, you know, RuPaul's drag race, all of it's mm-hmm. all, so much of it is comes from there. I just was watching season three of Legendary, which mm. is hilarious that there's an entire like reality show based around ball culture. But obviously it's awesome. I'm not done yet, but you know, go House of uh House of Revlon, House of Juicy Couture. My top yeah. two. I haven't I forgot that season three was out. I don't think I've watched it. It's pretty awesome. Uh even though La Roach is being real a real prickly mm. like I guess he's doing his like Simon Cowell yeah. reality judge vibe. And it's kind of annoying. Um uh and Jamila Jamil is very just like, I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But uh but Laomi is awesome. And Kiki Palmer is the is the new ju- guest judge this year. Oh, and she's I great. love that. Yeah, I'm yeah. so here for that. Because, yeah, I think that's a really important point, Sean. Like, I think there's even, like, you'll hear people say, like, Gen Z slang. And it's like, yeah, that's not Gen like, Z slang. It's AAVE that originated with drag queens from, like, and trans 90s. women in, like, the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we, we must pay homage to those who came before and those who have always been at the forefront of the movement and have uh, ha- and have always received the least from even within our own community. So true. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you guys. You gave me some stuff to Google there. That's important. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> make a make a running tally. <laughs> I, also, yeah, I just like, to like as, on this show too. As an aside, the ad on uh, our screen recorder is RBC, and it's a big rainbow RBC flag. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that I will tell you what uh, Pride does not mean to me is banks trying to get queer dollars by rainbow washing. And it's and it's aggressive. Oh. Like it is overt. I have seen no, you know no fewer than 10 adverts from various financial institutions that are like very tongue in cheek like hey. Yeah. You you too. That's you know why like it's just this weird like That's why I keep my money in gold bars buried in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. And I don't give it to to my bank. You know, are we going to hear like on uh, about the Nasdaq about all of the uh, the the all these different folks coming out of the woodwork with their gold bars? <laughs> They're like, and, yes, uh, finally <laughs> getting into the financial. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it's okay for you to join now. Thank you for uh, your patience. Yeah, and sort of like waving them in. Uh, can we talk about something uh, crazy and inappropriate on air that I am dying to hear your guys' opinion on? Well, yeah. it depends. Uh, I did send you a a TikTok in which uh, there was an advertisement depicting support for the queer community uh, by uh, having buns, tops, and bottoms oh. mixed up. The, yes, the Whopper, or wait, the Burger King. Yes. Yeah. What, what was that? What, is, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about that before I say my thing? Honestly, I think that some 21-year-old like gay intern was like getting his life and then it just went too far. Yeah, and was like, surely someone will say no soon. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, it just is, it just is the pinnacle of, like, hilarious rainbow washing, mm-hmm. where it's, it's, it's like that TikTok sound where it's like, I think I'd rather you just called me a slur. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just trying to appropriating it, to appropriate it and then get it wrong and just make it so mm-hmm. weird. But I did or laugh like, very hard. My favorite was last year, Red Lobster just posted like a fish meal with just a rainbow flag over it and it was just like that's it (laughs) serving fish serving fish (laughs) and it was honestly great but they probably didn't even know that that was a joke they're just like probably not yeah maybe i don't know that's probably you're probably right sean like some brash 21 year old is like surely they'll stop me before this hits the the factory floor and then some guys just like that one. I like the way the fish looks, and then they just move yeah. along. You know, they just 
They just move along. Anyway, okay, on to Jeremy's next question. Um, we're all familiar, especially if you listen to our show, because Sonya has enlightened us, because I didn't know, about uh, a thing that's super hot right now, which is queer coding, uh, which is where you just sort of, like, have a thing. Uh, like, we could call it Harry Potter, I don't know, just a random thing. And then to possibly appeal to a community, you just on the side say that some of the characters happen to be queer or some other... Uh, position uh what, do, what would i call that anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> <I don't>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um i that, that totally dumbfounded me there that's fine um but is it getting worse do you guys notice this am i just aware of it and now mm. it's everywhere or is it getting worse that's an interesting question I do think it's definitely a thing where, like, when you start to notice queer baiting and queer coding in media, you do start to see it everywhere. Um, yeah. I don't know. I There's a part of me that thinks maybe it's actually getting slightly better because there's maybe. more explicit representation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, think it, I also feel like it, they don't they don't lead you there until, unless you're like, it's going to happen. Yeah. But I, I don't know. So, yeah, like, it definitely still happens in things. Like, you think of, like, even, like, the Star Wars reboots, like, or, like, the latest oh, trilogy. Yeah. Like, the Poe, um, what's his name? Finn. Queer. Like, there was, that absolutely was queer baiting, and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I Like, I guess I haven't seen something in a minute. Yeah, nothing like, has oh, stuck out really egregiously bad. to me for a while, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I would like to bring forward the specific example of the Fantastic Beasts series, which may have concluded. I actually don't know. I can't answer that question. Well, it's hard seen... to say because every single person in that franchise keeps getting worse and worse things. Like, we we got Johnny Depp booted. We got mm-hmm. Ezra Miller playing mm-hmm. the lead. We got... Ezra Miller continues to terrorize like yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> a menace. And yeah, a menace. And so yeah, I feel like every time they turn around, there's a new character in that that's like, Sowie, <laughs> I'm doing something nuts. Uh, but they also like so I, I have now watched all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh I I I was I had seen some comments, so I was curious. Um, because at this point in the third movie, they after well, no, not the third movie. What is this? The tenth Harry Potter movie? The eleventh or something? Of this, of this yeah. like particular franchise, I guess this is like yeah, the, the third of the, the of this yeah. set, uh, if you will. Yeah. Um, but they have outright come out and said that Dumbledore and the bad guy, Grindelwald. whose name I can't, thank you, Mads love each other. Wow, did love each other. Yeah, that's that's it, and it's so awkward. Because you're like, are they brothers? Like, what? Like, what's like, what? What does that mean? Like, is that you know? Well, no one's gonna love you now. What? Like, yeah. so, okay, how is it revealed in the film? This is what I'd like to they, know. So, so, at, so, spoiler alert: at the start of the film, they meet for coffee. Where, okay. uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Where, where it's established that there is some magical item that exists that means that they can't actually outright fight each other. Because they'll both die. It's like a pact that they made. I don't know if this is a thing oh, or not. Maybe but an unbreakable vow. Sure, yeah. I don't know. It's, there's a brooch. It's quite nice. Um, a brooch. Anyway, <laughs> it's, That's it's queer. The, the That's queer the canon. <laughs> that is, <laughs> Fighting that over is. this brooch. <laughs> so far, it sounds Sto- good. <laughs> story checks out. Anyway, they have a very quiet coffee that's about them disagreeing about how to treat muggles and magic people. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of it. And then a few people like ask why they did it and they just like he'll just be like like he turns to the camera and goes like i was in love like that's all he says mm. like that's all we get and well, then we have a duel when i hear in love that makes maybe? me think yeah romance. i don't know but, uh, yeah, like you don't say i'm in love with my child or whatever no yeah, yeah I you guess, know what i yeah. mean <laughs> but anyway. but like i don't know it's just this like we're gonna get as close as we possibly can with without like so that someone who was really uncomfortable by this can just like be like oh like brotherly love you know like they can just like mm-hmm. wash over it i'm not gonna lie they do have a big wand battle at the end which mm. is pretty boss but also quite dancerly 
Mm. And quite like there's no yeah there's sexual. no way you can fight with a magic stick that doesn't involve like really putting effort in the way yeah. a ballerina would. You know? And Jude Law from the trailer is rocking that shapely dumpster as Dumbledore, which <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. He said that <laughs> just uh, saying anyway, it's it's a high point of the trailer. It it honestly was almost a point of confusion mm. in in the movie because i know that this is supposed to be the case they're sort of bringing it into the fact that this is what happened we see no actual relationship from them like we just we don't see anything uh they're never like they're never close they sit at that table once and they're never closer together throughout the Mm -hmm. whole thing right you know and the whole time i'm just reminded of the kids in the hall sketch about the two neighbor men who love each other. And right as they go in for the kiss, that garage door just comes down in front <laughs> because, you know, like, like we can't go too far. But at the same point, like Dumbledore has a brother in the movie who he treats worse than the bad guy. Well, that's for a variety of <laughs> complex family dynamic reasons. Right. But, but like, spoiler alert, the, the, the 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 ki- the troubled boy mm-hmm. is his nephew and his brother is the dad. Wow, that yes. was a big spoiler, right? Yes. Wow. So I hope that's. I, I assume it is no fine. Joanne's not movie. getting any more of my money ever. Yeah, I'm not. That's, I'm not I think going to fair. see it, but that does but, make um, sense. The the troubled boy. <laughs> he is quite the troubled. He's a. He, he is. Also, he's literally like we need to talk about Kevin, yeah. but it's, in wizard it's true. form. Anyway. I feel like, and I could be the only man who feels this way, is that there is a lot of possibly rich relationship stuff that we could explore in The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. But it turns out that the biggest secret of Dumbledore is that we don't know how he relates to this man. He's in his heart. Um, maybe if, if over coffee, they just had a very terse conversation about like getting each other's stuff back from their houses or something like that. That's all it Like that's Just all like a, an aggressive breakup. Just like, I'm sending McGonagall over to get my stuff. Just have it outside the door. Something like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then at least you know that they had a bad breakup. Uh, there are also weird things in this movie. People switch sides for apparently no reason. Um, you're no, you always know things are going well in the writing room, where they, like, move a character from one side to the other. Like, oh, Ron's a bad guy now. And we'll just explain that in the second act. Yeah. And the whole time you're like, am I, did they mix up the actress? Does this lady just look like this other lady? Like, what's happening? <laughs> anyway, uh, it was just fine. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, yeah. maybe I'll watch it someday, but uh, yeah. I just. I've, I haven't heard a good review about it, and it feels like yeah. it's going to get canceled, so I'm, I'm okay. But I do like those crazy little animals. Yeah, you guys yeah, are okay. Those beasts. Those they're beasts. Uh, they're, bar- they're barely in it. Yeah, see, that's, yeah, now that's the best. That. That's the best dang part. Maybe. But yeah, I'm like zero percent surprised from that franchise. To be to be honest, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we won't talk about the woman herself, the the hateful, hateful. We don't talk herself. about Jane. happy pride to everyone but her. Um, <laughs> but like you know, it it is her her world and creation, and there's little sprinklings of that stuff all throughout. So yeah. <laughs> All we all know around. Rita Skeeter's big hand, big man hands. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they like express it. They like talk. She talks about Rita Skeeter is so rank. She's just like wears so much makeup, has big manly hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's like a okay. journalist. Anyway, more, no more for Jeremy to go. More for Jeremy yeah. to Google later. Um, but uh, yeah, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, I can talk quickly talk about how I watched the episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero. I've oh, never watched it. I've never watched any Black Mirror because, you know, I'm not really interested in feeling sad about myself or the technology or the world. But I heard that that was one of the only uplifting episodes of Black Mirror. So I watched and it is very sweet, very kind of it's just like I don't even know if it's it's hard to explain. It's basically like uh, San Junipero is this place that you can plug in for like when you're an old person for like five hours a day or like, and it gives you the, you can run around, be free and dance in the eighties or whatever. And these oh, two yeah. women meet in there and they like kind of fall in love and they hook up 
And then they keep going back to their real selves when they're like old women and one's in a coma. And then eventually they finagle away to just be in San Junipero for the rest of their lives together. And it's very sweet. And it ha- it stars uh, Mackenzie Davis and Gugu Mbata-Ra, who is so good. So and good. I don't know why we mm-hmm. can't figure out what to do with Gugu because she, I feel like they've tried to slop her in a few places. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're on the morning show or like, but sh- they haven't got a good role for her. And it's, it's too bad because she's such a little breath of fresh in this like episode. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And it is, you're right, John. It is really charming. Like, especially as compared to like the rest of all of the bleak. Yeah, little like things. it's a fun 80s aesthetic. Those two are just like having a fun lesbian romp. And it's like, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me cry still, even though it's happy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, there's just like, I don't know, just just something about, well, there's like part where they, they, they don't think they can be together, if I recall oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah. Is that right, John? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There and there's a, just some of that queer melancholy moment. of the impossibility yeah. of things, you know, you know, certain kinds. Well, there we go. Uh, well, thank you, Black Mirror, for bringing that to us. Uh, you guys, I think it's time that we all took a break and had a word from our sponsors and that Jeremy reconfigures his notes for legibility and understanding. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. You're back listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Today we're talking about uh, Pride and Pride movies and all the all the things in between, apparently. Um, and before we continue that, we just have to do a little something here. Um, do either of you know what time it is? It's well, time it's to get your glitter out in preparation of- for the parade this weekend. Oh, <laughs> how much glitter is too much? No such thing, baby. Um, literally a go. tablespoon because it'll infect your life. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that enough. Is, that's, that's actually enough the more the realistic world. answer. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, Rory's quite fond of glitter, and I made her a, a little glitter box. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You think that glitter staying nac- in that box? You're crazy. We had we had an accident once, and there's no. We might have to get rid of the glitter box. <laughs> anyway, it's game time, people. <gasps> what? 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 <laughs> crushed it sonya okay uh for those who don't know or if you're just tuning in the game is where i spend literally 10 seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen i tell them the title they tell me what they think it's about i tell them what it's really about and we all have a great time you guys you ready to play the game yeah, yeah. this week's title is the wedding banquet that title again the wedding banquet the wedding, the wedding banquet. Bank. TWB. I think the wedding banquet is about, believe it or not, a wedding that's taking mm-hmm. place. Uh-huh. And the maid of honor and the bride have been best friends since high school. Um, oh, no. But what the bride doesn't know is that, in fact, the maid of honor is in love with her. Um. So I think it's about the like day of the wedding, her deliberating whether or not to tell the bride um, and sort of like feeling like it's her last moment to do so. Um, and I think it's just about about her navigating that situation. There's probably some comedic moments where maybe like um, one of the other bridesmaids gets really drunk at the banquet and then starts to hit on the maid of honor, even though she's married. Um yeah, I think I think that it's a mix of comedy and drama, but then you know what, you guys, at the end, I do think they should probably run away together, instead really? of it being one of countless sad lesbian love stories where they don't get to be together. Sad. Well, Sonia, okay, that was pretty much what was on the top of my mind. So no, I'm, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm flipping. I'm flipping it. The Time to pivot, Sean. Time I'm going to pivot. pivot. Let's pivot, Sean. I believe it's about a wedding banquet. Mm-hmm. But it follows uh, a pair of caterers that are catering this wedding. They are in the midst of breaking up. There are two men there in the middle of breaking up, but they also have this big job to do. And so they, it is just sort of this like still camera in the kitchen as they are frantically like chopping vegetables, assembling things, but also having terse conversations and uh, emotional uh, things are coming up as a bridezilla is ripping in and like asking about p- pasta salad and 
You know, it's like, a, it's a very, giving a very like play vibe, like people, characters wandering in, wandering out, but it's, the kitchen mm-hmm. is mostly where the action is. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah, that's, I would watch that. That sounds good. Um, unfortunately, uh, you're both wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. <laughs> um, I think, I think that like, your guys' might be a bit better or perhaps on par with the wedding banquet. I have not seen this. Mm. But uh, I did watch the trailer, and there is some wild stuff that we're about to talk about. Wow. Anyway, uh, The Wedding Banquet is a, uh, a co-production between a Taiwanese and United States uh, company. Two companies. To, so what they did was, is they filmed like an English version and a uh, Chinese version. And uh, it's, it looks pretty crazy. Uh, so it was done in 1993, directed by Ang Lee, starring oh. Winston Cho and Mei Chin. And uh, there is some crazy dubbing stuff. So they had to dub the lead actors, uh, like, all of his lines for the English audience. And then uh, in the film, he has a, a partner, and he's an American. And they had to dub all of his lines in Chinese for the Chinese version. <laughs> Uh, which is just kind of crazy. So there's no like pure original of this bad boy. Uh, anyway, it's about um, uh, our main character and his uh, partner, Simon, are happily living in Manhattan and everything's good. But of course, uh, Wei, who is, sorry, the lead, um, uh, his parents are pressuring him to get married and he has a friend who needs a green card who's from China. So they decide that they'll fake the marriage and then of of course, right. things will be good because they'll be happy and uh, she'll have her green card. But Wei's parents come to plan everything and spend all this money because they have all these expectations. And of course, chaos ensues. Now, that actually when, you watch, fun. when you watch the trailer for The Wedding Banquet, it seems fun and uplifting. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that there's some stuff that's like kind of, kind of weird. Anyway, I'm not going to go into the spoiler because I think Sean might actually watch it, but I will say it does end happy and there are a couple very sad parts. Okay. (laughs) If you're interested, check out The Wedding Banquet. I don't know whether or or not you should watch the English version or the Chinese version. Mm. Man, Ang Lee is just like does whatever he flippin' wants. That's Mm -hmm. what I was talking about. Like I was looking at his list of movies. Just Okay, this is an aside. Stand by. This is mind-blowing to me. I'm just going to read you his list of movies in order that he made them in. Pushing Hands, The Wedding Banquet, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, uh, a few uh, Chinese films, Sense and Sensibility. So mm-hmm. good. Uh, the Ice Storm, Ride with the Devil, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hulk, Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. uh, Lust, Caution, which was pretty good if I recall, uh, Taking Woodstack, Taking Woodstock, Life of Pi, uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. <laughs> now that I've heard I've of that heard. one before. Don't know. That and then that and then Gemini Man. Anyway, is crazy. Like that he directed one of the best films of all time, Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't believe you made that joke, Sean. Jeez. Um, uh, we're back to our... Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for playing the game. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, there we go. We're back uh, talking Pride and Pride movies. You guys, uh, what are your favorite Pride movies? Well, um, I watched one this week that I hadn't seen before, but that I've been meaning to get to for a long time. And mm-hmm. it definitely is now up there in among my favorites. Um, this is from 1996, and it's called The Watermelon Woman. Have you guys heard of this one? Oh, I haven't seen it, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, the, there, I would say the, the so-called, like, queer canon, as it's presented, is often, like, extremely white and extremely, like, male-centric. Like, there aren't a lot of movies focusing on queer women, and there aren't a lot of mov- movies focusing on anyone other than white people. Um, and so I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of intentionally seek out something else. And this was recommended in lots of different places. It's about um, a young aspiring filmmaker, Cheryl Denier, um, which is also the filmmaker's name. It's kind of semi-autobiographical. 
who um, becomes absolutely obsessed with this actress from the 30s and 40s, a black actress, um, who was credited just as the watermelon woman who played all of these like mammy roles in uh, like movies of the thirties and forties, as was basically the only roles that were available to black actors at the time. um, Unless they were in specifically black productions. Um, And so the movie is about her life working at the, at at a video store. And then also um, she's making a documentary about trying to find, uh, find out, who the watermelon woman was and sort of like what happened with her. And so it's like the movie is like her life. And then it's cut in with pieces of the fictional documentary that she makes. Um, It's really, really good. It's like very low budget. Clearly Um, a couple of the performances are like a little bit, I don't know, kind of clunky in the way that small movies sometimes are, but Mm -hmm. just the, the concept and the way it's delivered and it just is like it just is a, a love letter to black queer women and is this really interesting take on like cinema history um and unfortunately the the woman who was named the watermelon watermelon woman Faye, is unfortunately a fictional creation of cheryl cheryl's um and there's this really interesting little kind of title card at the end um that says it says essentially like um when we don't have access to our own history unfortunately sometimes we have to create it the watermelon watermelon mm-hmm. woman is fictional and so i just think it's it's a really interesting exploration of lots of different things and i really enjoyed it oh, cool that sounds great mm-hmm. yeah uh sean um i watched something this week um called fire island Oh. Um, it is a film that stars like a ton of comedians that I know of and like from like podcasts and just like all around. Mm-hmm. Um, it the the plot is uh, it's about a group of it's like basically Pride and Prejudice, but instead of the Bennett sisters, it is like five gay men going to Fire Island for the weekend. Obsessed and. <laughs> Uh, and it sort of follows the same sort of plot points as Pride and Prejudice. Um, and it is like, it is very fun, very funny. Um, a lot of good performances. I was like, I was a little like, I don't know. I was thinking about it today because the way that they treat it is like, so the Bennett sisters have like very little capital. And in this way, they're like using it as like uh, Fire Island capital as like being young and white and hot Mm. and like uh and like rich and so then these five are like they're like poor and they're like mostly people of color and they're like a femme group and so they're like we're the like the lowest cast of this like Mm. of this gay group so it was like kind of weird um but also in a lot of ways i'm like you still own all of the same capital because you're all just like young and hot um except for like one guy is like uh, a fat black guy, like a bookish man. And they basically never, like, he has no storyline at all. They, like, mm. basically go right over him. So I'm like, in a lot of ways, you're, like, kind of, I don't know, you're not saying, you're not keeping with what you're trying to preach in your film. But mm-hmm. other than that, it was really fun. The guy that plays Mr. Darcy is so grumpy and, like, a nice and I just like had a good time with it. It's on Disney oh, like, Plus. It was John, just added is it like, like this li- week. Is uh, it like literally a retelling? Of, like, is there a character named Mister Darcy? Like, no, they're they're all named different. But oh, okay. It is but, like, like it is. Still it follows a... like the same like plots. Like he overhears this, and mm. he's too proud. He's too prejudiced. That you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will definitely be watching it. I can't wait. I meant to, but I just didn't get to it. Yeah, I, I, it is, I had a lot of fun and there's some very funny parts. There's like a really amazing scene where they're playing like heads up or like seven up, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the game on the head. And they're, the one is trying to guess Marissa Tomei and all, everyone's hints to him are so like, are he's not getting them at all. And they just basically recreate like my cousin Vinny scenes. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't know who you're saying. Anyway, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Nice. Um, th- this week, uh, I-, I 
I don't quite remember why I picked this one because I have seen it before, but I rewatched I Love You, Philip Morris. Mm. Uh, I oh. should also, I'm just going to keep saying every time, I, I should just have an asterisk whenever we talk about it. I still think Running with Scissors is like one of the most heartfelt, meaningful films that was made in the aughts. And if you haven't watched it, watch it. It is my favorite. Like, there's easily. Um, but uh, I rewatched I Love You, Philip Morris, which I do remember being like, a very, very funny Jim Carrey movie with Ewan McGregor that had uh, quite a few problems in it, but whatever. But watching it now, like, I had this sort of, well, I should, the the plot of I Love You, Philip Morris is about the real story of Stephen J. Russell, who is kind of just like a con artist who moves uh, throughout America and his sort of, like, does all of these very extreme things to get all this money and he has a very strange relationship with his family and his wife, and is a very closeted gay man in uh, the the 90s-ish, basically. I think into the 2000s a bit, if I recall correctly. Um, and it's just sort of his story, and him going to prison all the time, and all this kind of stuff. But uh, watching it this time, like, through the eyes of, like, a dude who at all costs just has to hide this fact about himself, it does get a lot more interesting. And I, it's sort of like a lot of people compare it to Catch Me If You Can, which was like, it's it's a similar thing, and they came out in a similar time. But uh, I, I really kind of get the feeling, and I think I might, it's based off of um, uh, a book that was written about him. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like it's just like a man rejecting the system that's rejecting him. Mm. Yeah. You know? And uh, the the movie, like, it's very funny. And there's all these different elements of it. But uh, it is just sort of an interesting moment in the fact that, like, oh, if you want to t- tell the story, it has to be done this way. But really, this probably could have been, like, a much more tragic telling of what happened. Mm. Like, it didn't have to be this comedy, other than the fact that, like, they would it, they would have had to tell it that way to kind of make it acceptable. Well, you cast and, Jim Carrey, you're going to get Jim Carrey. You're going to get that shenanigans. Is, that's true, but not always. Like, he's done pretty serious work. That's like... The number 23. Yeah, there we go. I like the number 23. <laughs> Did uh, you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, what was that Andy Kaufman movie? Yeah, Man in the Moon. Yeah, and like, he was being funny, but, I mean, it was an imitation of a funny, yeah. a funny yeah. person. Anyway... Um, but, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting watching it now because mm. it did give me a lot more to think about than I remembered. And I was kind of just excited to like laugh at all these particular things I remembered, which were funny, but, uh, it, it is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, Absolutely. I rewatched something this week that is, like, I think a favorite of the show um, that we've definitely talked about before, but I feel like it always bears talking about. And that mm-hmm. is uh, 2014's Pride, which feels oh, apt, yeah. given the title of the episode. There we go. Um, but it's about a group of young queer activists in London who decide to um, lend their support to the miners who are striking... Um, who were striking all across the UK in 1984, um, thanks to Margaret Thatcher's vicious programs of austerity and, uh, you know, various neoliberal nonsense. Um, but basically, they, at the kind of start of the movie, come to the realization that the miners um, who are facing a lot of state repression from, you know, the cops and the conservative press uh, kind of are experiencing a lot of the same things that they have experienced. And so... Then they start collecting money and then they go to this very small town in Wales. Um, and it's sort of about those two communities like coming together. And it just is like, I think a a really, it's a really effective and, and lovely narrative about solidarity and about like finding common ground and kind of joining together against a common foe. Um, 
Because, you know, obviously small town Wales in 1984, not a particularly queer friendly place. And there's a lot of resistance to their to them at first. But as, you know, they start to form relationships with certain members of the community, um, they start to find this acceptance. And it's kind of this thing where, like, you know, both groups are then changed from the relationship that they find together. But I think it's just like a really smart movie because it is like fun and enjoyable there are tons of great performances like it's it's well made I feel like it's pretty tight tightly constructed but then it also just like so effectively carries this message of the importance of solidarity and not siloing ourselves when like the enemies and the the issues that we face are kind of the same at the end of the day so yeah just such yeah such a I love I love this film it's Mm -hmm. so sweet and like just like Amelda Staunton, like yes. out at the at a, out at the club dancing to Bronski beat when they like all go into the town for some reason, and just like you go out there and shake hands with a gay or a lesbian, and yeah, it's so sweet. And at the very end, when they have a the the main characters have this really sad, paltry pride parade, and then like hundreds of miners all like roll up and like join the parade and it's like that's a climax baby yeah i literally just got goosebumps as you were saying that like thinking about it and the best part is i should have said this is a true story this actually happened so uh 1985 pride in london was led by um the miners union who showed up in solidarity as a thank you to the um to the to the group that that raised all this money for them and helped them during the really dark times of the strike. But yeah, just the, and there's so many great accents in it. Like just oh, uh, there's I, nothing I better love... than a, a little old Welsh lady going, "Where are my lesbians?" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, so it, that is a really adorable movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're looking for something like that won't just devastate your soul, like a lot of unfortunately. A lot of queer movies are sad, but this one is uplifting. Mm-hmm. It'll make you feel hopeful. It'll give you, make you feel empowered to organize all the things. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Get organized, y'all. Yeah. That's, the first Pride is a riot. Let's do it. There we go. Sean, uh, anything else you want to mention for this week? Uh, what did I watch also this week? I also, so I got on Disney Plus and they have mm-hmm. a little like Pride guide. Uh, which was very extensive. It was all these movies with queer content. And then also just like random episodes from series. They're just like, watch episode three of this one. That's Something funny. gay happens in it. I don't even, I don't really know. I didn't watch any of them, but um, I did watch Love, Simon, which it's always trying to like advertise to me. And I'm always like, meh. Like I see this like sort of Sean Mendes kid on the front and I'm like, this is going to be lame. <laughs> And, uh, but then I like, then I just watched and it actually is very sweet. It's very in the, the heartbreaker realm of just like, Mm. um, nice, normal, well-adjusted kid. And then all of a sudden some, like, it's not huge stakes, honestly. Um, but I did like, even though he gets out to his entire school, uh, by a blackmailer. But honestly, I was like, this kid's going through it too. Um, like everyone, every parent and friend like could not be more accommodating. And it's very <laughs> like, I in some sort of like fantasy land, it was very sweet to watch. Mm. Uh, and then there is a part where he's like, makes this ultimatum to his school because he's like, has a secret pen pal that helps him like come out or whatever. And then he's like, I'm going to meet you at this, this like Ferris wheel. And the entire school comes out and is like, yay, we're watching and we're waiting. And then <laughs> like, and then it happens and everyone cheers and it's like, okay. Like Classic. an insanely insane thing for anything to happen like that. But, but it was very sweet. Jennifer Garner does a nice little mom speech, you know. As she's prone, as she's known to do. As she's known to do. As she's known to do. Uh, well, you guys, uh, any any final comments before we move into our final our final show stage? Do we have time for our final show stage? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. It'll be fine. I'll save what I was going to uh, say then. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, what you guys watching? Well, Jer. <laughs> I've been. I started watching a series that actually fits our theme, which is why I. I decided to do it now. Um, nice. 
This is a show I've been meaning to watch for ages and ages and ages. Actually, not that long because it just started in 2018. But that is Pose, um, which depicts um, the ball culture of the late 80s and early 90s in New York. So it's kind of like a fictionalization of Paris's burning to just bring us full circle. Um, mm-hmm. It centers on um, various trans women and other folks in their community um, who are partaking in ball culture. It is unfortunately unique as a television show for just the sheer amount of uh, trans women of color who actually work on it. Um, some really incredible performances by the leads like MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, Dominique Jackson plays kind of like, she's not the villain, but she's like, she has a lot of great monologues. She has like, so many great monologues and she's cutting, just cutting remarks, cutting remarks because reading is fundamental, of course. <laughs> and then, uh, Billy Porter, who folks may know, um, plays like the MC of the, the balls that they go to and pray tell. And he is just like a vision on this show. Like he's just such a, a ray of sunshine and he's so great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really lovely. I think in that it goes beyond just like the trauma porn that, unfortunately especially trans folks are often kind of depicted in and those are the only stories that get told um but yeah i'm really really enjoying it so far cool ryan murphy uh, hasn't ryan murphyed it yet for you no it's not it, i mean i could be wrong and i'm not done even done the first season yet but i was like this isn't too ryan murphy <laughs> and i'm impressed well, jeremy you go. go you go next uh, I'm just watching with the world. I'm watching uh, Star Wars, and so far it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some interesting stuff happening with Obi Wan, and uh, there's a lot of um, I don't know. There's a it's the whole thing again with like a bunch of people being upset about a black actress actress in Star Wars, yeah. and it's just like, are we like really? Are like are we still like we're not like let's all just be upset about this lightsaber inaccuracy like let's <laughs> yeah. just all jump on that like and proper do that like they're together. all alien like I, people for god's sake yeah um, oh my god it's just endless sean do you have any really quick what what is like literally where are we talking about is a new series i <laughs> yeah oh obi obi-wan kenobi oh my gosh okay i haven't heard and that's I, all- anything about this <laughs> And that's all and the I'm time we have. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to the Garrus for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sonia and Sean, everyone at CJTR and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 and rebroadcast, rebroadcast Fridays at 3 and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric is coming up next. See ya. Bye. Bye.